Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, news. Yeah. So much okay. news. But I've been holding this news yeah. for our show because I couldn't talk about it on yesterday's show. No. And that's the fact that I just went to six. Okay. Well, okay. That's not the news I was talking about. We have like actual breaking news, which we will get to oh. that here in a second. We'll talk about six at the end because you and I have been like, I've been waiting on pins and needles for you to finally see six and we haven't talked since then. But save it, save it. We've got this big news right now. I know, we do. Before we get into the big news, I did want to remind everybody that this coming Sunday, the episode of This Week on Broadway will be happening live at 9 a.m. So if you are a Patreon member and one of the folks that often joins the show live, uh, it will be happening at 9 a.m. because some of the hosts of that show will be heading out yeah. to Broadway Flea, uh, which I errantly last, uh, or I guess on Monday's show said it was on Saturday. It's actually on Sunday. Um, so uh, this week on Broadway, 9 a.m. this Sunday. If you want to hear it live, go over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Okay, Grace, the actual breaking news. We had two pretty big bits of news happen late in the afternoon on Tuesday. One of them, that is kind of normal because these types of things often happen uh, in the evening close to half hour call. The other one was kind of out of nowhere, not something that I knew anything about. But the first bit of news is a bit of sad news, especially as we head into spooky season. Mm -hmm. And that is that Beetlejuice will play its final Broadway performance on January 8th of 2023. At the time of its closing, it will have played 679 performances plus 27 previews. Of course, this has had a pretty big um, up and down roller coaster. It originally opened in April of 2019 and then was effectively kicked out um, of its original home because a little show that is uh, going just to be like the Maitlands. Yeah. Just like the Maitlands. Very good. Uh, because it was uh, the music man wanted the house and now the music man is closing before it. Um, but it ended up moving over to um, the marquee from the winter garden and it will now run through January 8th. Um, this is a show that obviously you have a ton of friends that are involved with, and I saw it. My yeah, I just saw it on Sunday again with Cobra. Did, as Cobra I was say, did you see it with Cobra? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so this is a show that has given a lot of people not only a lot of joy, but like it. This is a show that like touched a lot of people in a lot of ways that I don't think a, a musical about a fairly perverted or perverted ghost you would think it would. Um, but this show is has really reached a demographic of Broadway audiences that I don't think are um, often seen very often. And really, to be quite honest with you, the passion of that fan base is what brought it back post pandemic because it originally was not going to reopen. And they, because of all the enthusiasm for the show and that grew during the pandemic, they were able to convince folks that it was worth bringing it back. And they did. And now it's going to head off on a national tour starting in December uh, out in San Francisco. So, um, congratulations to everybody who's been a part of this show, both pre and post pandemic. Um, I, I think this is a show that will run on tour very well, and then it will eventually have a home in regional productions uh, around the world and around the country. And look forward to that. And um, I, like I said, you you know a lot of people involved with this, so um, it very hits close to home, I'm sure. It does, but also like I want to say, like literally to your point, that like this demographic of audience, which is like anyone anyone can enjoy this show number yeah, one yeah, yeah. but but number two like i really feel like things like this 
have have a place and have an uh, have a fan base enough to fill smaller houses. Like I genuinely think that there could be a crazy slapstick new world stage version version of this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I I would enjoy it. I would I would like to see it. Um, you know we're we're missing our Heather's. We're missing our uh, Beetlejuice. We're missing our you know. Uh, I was about to say Jasper and Deadline. <laughs> That's not a comedy. I was trying to say, I know, I was trying to say something else, but like, you know, that's a new Drew, Drew, Drew Gasparini show, isn't it? No, no, it's Ryan Scott Oliver. I think. Ryan Scott Oliver. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Listen, I, they all wear backwards caps and they all came to exactly. be at the same time. It's all but, the, 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 the white guys who are a couple <laughs> years younger than me. Yeah, I, I get it. They all confuse me. All right, bops. But yeah, yeah, no, this is going to be missed by so many people. And honestly, them filling the marquee for so long, kudos to you. Because Jimmy Buffett sure couldn't do it. So good for you. (laughs) Jimmy Buffett couldn't do it. So good for you. I mean, really, that's a a life motto to live by. Um, But so that's the sad news. The exciting news happened while I was at the gym this evening Mm -hmm. and glad that it happened uh, before we started recording. But we have a new show coming to Broadway this fall, and it is a show... That I think is the type of genre that you love mo- more than most people I know, Grace. And it is a one-person show from the king of solo plays, Mike Berbiglia. Mike Berbiglia is the old man in the pool, will be coming to Broadway's Vivian Beaumont Theater at Lincoln Center, beginning performances on uh, October 28th, which is five weeks away. It'll officially open on November 13th, and it'll play 70 performances through Friday, December 30th. I have a feeling that if this does well, that will extend. Although the Beaumont's a pretty big house um, for a one-person show, so we will see. Obviously, Berbiglia has had tons of success with one-person shows uh, in New York and on Broadway, and he is bringing this one back after it originally had its world premiere out in Los Angeles at the Center Theater Group. This one is just really plainly described as a coming of middle age story about when life takes a dive into a highly chlorinated YMCA pool. You, Grace, are the queen of one person shows here for Broadway radio. So, what do you know about Berbiglia's The Old Man in the Pool? So if you remember, if I've like talked your ear off in general about solo shows and solo show writing, I have mainly talked about one person named Seth Barish, Seth Barish. He's the who, director. Um, who is the director. Like he is, he is Berbigley's confidant. He's told me a million stories about their writing process. And that's kind of how like, I had developed things um, out of his like workshops and stuff. Um, and, and it's just so apparent to me that these two, that I just love watching the trajectory of when they start workshopping it. Like I was, you know, watching on zoom, like, you know, like we, we had like a pizza date with like watching him workshop parts of that show. And then like, I watched him do some, um, after get on your knees at the cherry lane. And he was kind of like rolling around some other stuff and like with his wife and her poetry. And so I feel like I've been watching this process for two and a half years, but I know that it started probably even before that. So I'm thrilled to see him come back to Broadway again. The new one that he opened with Seth Barish was like four years ago now, and it opened at the court theater. Mm -hmm. So I, I know he can sell you know, a, a smaller house. Um, I'm, I'm, I have to be at this show. I'm telling y'all yes. right now, I have to be at this show. Um, he's just, he's incredible. If you've never watched his stuff, if you've never listened, um, one of his co-collaborators is also Ira Glass. So if you ever listen to him mm-hmm. uh, talk with Ira as well, um, that's absolutely worth it. But this is a real treat. I'm thrilled to see another, this is the second solo show written and performed by uh, a dude, like Gabriel Byrne is doing his mm-hmm. as well in the fall. Yep. Correct. Yes. So um, it's ghosts. kind of, yeah, uh, 
it's kind of an exciting time for plays. I really have to say, I know I keep like hammering that in, but like between, I was just talking about Jordan E. Cooper's ain't no mo today. And like it opening in November as well. And like, there's just a lot of really great comedies and comedians and people that are great storytellers coming to Broadway right now. And it's an exciting time. So that's all I want to say. Yeah. I, you mentioned um, Ira Glass, who is the host and producer of This American Life on NPR. He is a uh, story consultant for the show. And Seth Barish is the director. Mm-hmm. So very excited for this. And keep in mind, this is a slot that previously would not have been open at Lincoln Center because Camelot was originally scheduled to be coming in in the fall. It will be now coming in in the spring, at, at least as far as we know. So this was a a a placement that Lincoln Center could fill something with. And this seems like a really good opportunity. Like I said, scheduled to close on December 30th. But based on how well Berbiglia sells in New York, I wouldn't be surprised if this gets extended a few weeks. I hope he does the thing that he did last time, which, and I'm sorry, I could talk too much about this, right? But last time he did the show on Broadway or a show on Broadway, it was the new one. And he held this contest on, and I chickened out, um, but he held this contest on his Instagram page. And he said, these are five of my monologues. Famously, I don't have an understudy. So if you want to audition to be my understudy, yes. And two of my friends got to do it. And like, that was nuts. They picked three people and two of them I knew. And I was just like, holy crap. And I hope, I hope he does this again. Because that would be super fun and funny. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's on YouTube. Absolutely worth the watch. That's awesome. All right, Grace, let's take a break from the news real quick and talk about our sponsor this week, Today Ticks. As I talked about on Monday's show with Ashley, I have official dates for both my November and December trips. Grace, I haven't even told you these uh, this, this information here, but I have flights, I have hotels, although I will be changing my hotels as things get closer. So I have started to put together my spreadsheets of what the shows I want to see are coming up in both November and December. And woo doggy, there are a lot of shows. My head's spinning a little bit as I try to figure out all of these spreadsheets, but one place that I know I can always get tickets and not just find tickets in general, but find great deals, find exclusive exclusive offers, and introduce me to things that I might not have known were actually happening is Today Ticks. It is a one-stop shop for theater tickets that have the best value at Broadway and beyond. And it's super simple. All you need to do is go to todayticks.com or download the app and you can check out in 30 seconds and have your tickets with ease. So that's the exciting thing, right? You can, you can buy them ahead of time, months in advance if you're like Matt, or if you're like me and you need to feel spontaneous, you can get them day up. So Today Ticks also gives you access to exclusive pre-sales, limited time offers, digital lottery programs to literally tons of sold out shows that are so often, like where I'll wake up and I'll say, it's almost 10 a.m. I'm getting an alert for digital lottery. Why? I thought that show was sold out. Psych. Today Ticks has exclusive offers for day of discounted tickets as well. And it's not just like for Broadway. I think we talk a lot about Broadway. This is called Today on Broadway, but let's face it, there's other theater, right? So London's West End, you can find tickets in cities across the country and around the world, including Chicago, LA, DC, San Francisco, Sydney, and more. Don't miss out on live entertainment. See that show you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todaytix.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. That's T-O-D-A-Y-T-I-X dot com slash Broadway. One more time, todaytix.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway. All right, Grace, Today Ticks is in Washington, D.C. We know that. I do not know. I have not looked. (laughs) 
to see if yeah. they have tickets for the Kennedy Center's Broadway Center stage Ooh. season. But my God, the, uh, if I wasn't already coming up to New York in November and December, I would be heading to Washington, D.C. in October in just a few weeks because yesterday the Kennedy Center announced the complete casting for the upcoming production of Guys and Dolls as part of their Center Stage series. They've already announced that James Monroe Iglehart will be playing Nathan Detroit. Jesse Mueller will be playing Miss Adelaide. Stephen Pasquale will be playing uh, Sky Masterson yeah. and his IRL wife, Philippa Sue, will be playing Sarah Brown. That's amazing. We gushed about that when that was announced. But this supporting cast, especially the two big names in the supporting cast, are like chef's kiss perfect. They are three-time Tony nominee, the great and the good, the TikTok icon himself, Kevin Chamberlain, playing Nicely Nicely Johnson. And then even better is Tony Award nominee Rachel Dratch as Big Julie. Like, like the, I think that we I need like, to talk about it. Like, I think I'm pretty good at thinking outside the box on casting suggestions. No, no, no. This is perfection, Grace. When, when I read this announcement and knowing what was happening today, I'm really sad we never got a Dratch Beetlejuice. I'm really <laughs> sad about it. And I will, you know, I, I'm going to die on this hill. Um, I think <laughs> I think that it could have been a moment. But yeah, no, this is exciting, inspired casting. I loved seeing Jesse Mueller um, at, do Music Man at Kennedy Center, right? So I know mm-hmm. that she's like a, a darling there. And uh, this is just a really fun group. I'm sad that you... Yeah, I'm sad. It's embarrassing. Why aren't you going? I mean... Yeah, I, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it, it, it's a hard knock life living here in in Florida, but uh, f- falls are busy for me. But I do want to th- do a shout out. I don't know this person, but Jimmy Smagula, he's playing Harry the Horse, which I played in my junior year of high school. So I'm just saying that I feel a kinship Wait, with, with Jimmy Smagula. You know Jimmy Smagula? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was also in Kennedy Center with Music he was. Man. He oh, was please. In, he was. Oh, yeah. He was. He's and, a doll. Yep, he also was in Billy Elliot. Um, also in the cast will be Jacqueline uh, Antaramian as General Cartwright, the great Fred Applegate as Uncle Arvide Abernathy, Eden Mary Show as Lieutenant Brannigan, Matthew Saldivar, a good Broadway regular there, playing Benny South Street, uh, Jimmy as Harry the Horse, and Akron Watson as Rusty Charlie. Um, they also... Uh, We'll have a number of other familiar names in the cast, in the ensemble. So we will have the link uh, in the show notes to the entire cast for that. Again, show will run October 7th through the 16th in Washington, D.C. In some more perfect, perfect, perfect casting news. Yesterday, it was reported by Variety that the Tony nominee, Tony winner, actually, I forgot. Don't I I was going to say just a Tony nominee, Mm, but actually Tony winner. I don't know. David Allen Greer has joined ABC's upcoming Beauty and the Beast, a 30th celebration. He will be playing Cogsworth alongside her as Belle, Josh Groban as the Beast, Joshua Henry as Gaston and Rita Moreno as the show's narrator. Absolutely perfect casting um as we've previously talked about john m chu will be executive producing and hamish hamilton will be directing um the show mm-hmm. will be airing on abc on december 15th and then being available on disney plus the next day uh any any um lumiere recommendations from you paolo on this Mantabon. paolo mantelbaum because oh, we need to have a full circle moment with live do. disney you know i just think that that's the right move and i would like hello let's see some asians yeah, get the agents in there. Paolo Montalban would be great. Um, does that mean we get like a uh, uh, a Bernadette as as um, Mrs. Potts? Uh, Madame de la Grand Bouche. Uh, well, okay, uh, they're not really doing that, are they? Are they doing the stage version? Are they doing the, something from the movie? 
I don't know. No. I don't, I don't know, know anymore, Matt. I don't either. Anyway, uh, David Allen Greer, one of the best, excited about that. Um, this is a real quick little bit of news that I think is something that you might actually be really excited about. Yesterday, the Lucille Lortel Awards uh, announced that they are making some changes to their eligibility rules. Um, this is done in conjunction with the Off-Broadway League. So membership into the Off-Broadway League is still going to be required. But the awards have lowered the seating capacity Um to be eligible for the awards. It had previously been at 100. They are now dropping that down to 76. All shows still need to abide by union contracts and other requirements and things like that. But because the face of New York theater is changing quite a bit, especially coming out of the pandemic, they are opening it up to slightly smaller theaters, which I think is really cool. Um, We talk a lot a bit about accessibility and how there's great theater in more places across the country, but especially in New York than just Broadway. Uh, so the fact that Lucille Teller Awards are going to be recognizing more of those theaters and more of those shows, I think is a really good thing. Yeah, you know, you know, I like that. No notes. All right, real quick, something that I know that you will have absolutely no notes about at all because I'm going to do all the talking here is last week's Broadway grosses. Uh, yesterday in or last week in whole, Broadway saw five more shows Come uh, to the main stem. There were four of them that were new shows. That is 1776, The Cost of Living, Death of a Salesman, and Leopoldstadt. And then The Music Man had taken a one-week hiatus. So they were back. The five shows that returned saw a 21% increase to Broadway's bottom line, coming in at $24,954,517, up more than $4.25 bucks over the previous frame. In total, attendance also rose 14% to come in at 201,321 people. Um, Only two shows on Broadway last week actually saw week-to-week declines. The first one, and the biggest one by far, was Funny Girl, which actually saw a $502,694 decline. That, of course, was because Leah Michelle was out with COVID. But even with her being out, the show still did $1.1 million, which is pretty good. I'm assuming some of that was because people had tickets and couldn't reschedule, but still pretty, pretty good haul for the show with the alternate on for the entire week. Um, Chicago was the other show that uh, saw a week to week climb, but that was at $21,000. Unsurprisingly, Dear Evan Hansen had the biggest gross increase last week, playing its final week on Broadway. It came in at $1.25 million last week, the only show above uh, 100,000 week to week gains. Uh, As I mentioned, The Music Man was back on Broadway, which means it was back on top of the grosses ladder, coming in at just under $3 million. It was at $2,194,063. Hamilton was at $1.91 million. MJ was at $1.72. The Lion King was at $1.64. And Wicked was at $1.41. The rest of the shows rounding out the seven-figure club club in sequential order are Moulin Rouge, the aforementioned Dear Evan Hansen, Cursed Child, Funny Girl, Aladdin, Six, your favorite show, Into the Woods, and Book of Mormon. Um, Overall, a really good week on Broadway. Broadway, but interestingly enough, only one, two, three shows uh, actually saw their capacity above 100%. One of them was Dear Evan Hansen. The other one is the next show to close on Broadway, Come From Away. And then the final one that is still open-ended at this point was MJ the Musical. So really interesting. It seems like the shows that announced uh, their closing after fairly long runs, Grace, were able to kind of pack them in and make the most out of those uh, those final weeks. So I'm really happy for the folks at the Music Box and the Schoenfeld to be able to uh, go out on high notes. No pun intended. Are you still there? You Have you just given up talking since I uh, went into the grosses? 
No, I famously cannot talk about the grosses, but I have decided that what needs to happen every time you do go into talking about the grosses mm-hmm. is that as soon as you say, and for this week, however you lead into it, the grosses, you just hear me go, gross. <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, all right, real quick. Um, I have a recommendation. Actually, you've sent it over to me. Hamilton did a a kind of a, a parody version of a song from the show. Uh, this is called The Election of 2022. It features lyrics by Ian Weinberger. Um, it is being done for Hamilton for Ham for Progress website. We will have the video in there, links and all that stuff to this initiative that is uh, in honor of the National Voter Registration Day. But we have to close out the show with you talking about six. We have teased the fact that you hadn't seen it. You hadn't listened to it. You finally saw it last week. And I am dying, even though we texted about it extensively, I'm dying to hear your thoughts officially right here on Broadway Radio. So here's the thing. We have talked about this at nauseum on the show about how I still hadn't seen the show. And it was like their year anniversary over at six. And as soon as I walked in, first of all, I got I got some inspiration from the show to dress up, right? I was just kind of like, listen, I'm already doing this. I'm already going. I need to go all in as I do. And so I kind of like had my shimmery, silly top that I bought at like this store in Nashville that apparently now people really want to purchase. And I bought it like three years ago on a whim um, and I'd never worn it before or whatever. So anyways, um, I made my way over to the theater and then I'd forgotten like which theater was in. Um, like the, the title, the, the name of the, I knew it was on 47th, but when I walked in I went, I literally went, it doesn't smell like pies. And it's because I literally equate the Brooks Atkinson with the, the lobby smelling like pies because of waitress. So that was a little embarrassing. Um, but it was so cool to walk into a room where I'm going to say 98% of the people there knew every single song and like yeah. everybody was just pumped for this thing that they they'd either seen before or had heard before so they wanted to see it live so the the audience even on like a i think it was a when maybe a monday wednesday night or something i think it was wednesday night um it was just so electric and i was i was just thrilled to be in that room because as soon as the show started i was like oh it's a party oh we're here for a rock concert oh my gosh i'm finally seeing sam Pauly. oh my gosh i'm finally seeing these rock stars and you were 100% right. I hate mm-hmm. I hate it when you're right, Matt, but you were 100% right. Um, Anne Boleyn is going in the book. Um, I have sorry, not sorry to myself into the ground. I have been screaming this song. It was just such a great night of joy and theater. And the way I prejudged this show about the narrative of, of these women in history, I am so ashamed that I did not see. I was like, of course, credit to these writers. Of course they did this. Of course they duped me. Like, (laughs) of course they got me like totally invested and in love with all these people. And uh, And then snuck in. Yeah. And then snuck in a little bit of a message. And yeah, it was great. And correct me if I'm wrong. You and I, we saw their show at 54 Below, right? Didn't we? We did. Okay. We did. That's right. Oh my gosh. That was so much fun. And I remember being like, these are incredible writers. Yeah. Um, I'm just obsessed with anything they do now, just like everybody else is. I'm very late to the game, but I just want to say like from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Six. Thank you for um, allowing me to see the show because what a joy. Um, My partner and I had a blast halfway through. um, (laughs) My partner leans over and goes, you know, she covered Celie on Broadway, right? Brie Jackson. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, oh, of course, because <laughs> yeah. she's incredible. They're all incredible. Um, but yeah. they were all incredible. Gosh, what a fan I am of every single woman. Man, yeah. No, no, it's absolutely. Top tier. Yeah. 
And you remember when you and I went, we saw what we later found out was the tour cast of Six in the audience. Um, I will be seeing them here in Orlando in like two weeks. Uh, Holy crap. So I'm very excited because we had the tour cast over House Left at 54 Below and the Broadway cast came in after their show because it was a 930 show. They were in House Right in the back booth. So uh, it was very fun. But anyway, I'm glad that you were finally on the six bandwagon and we can talk about it extensively. I also did watch the Roku channel live capture of Heathers, which you mentioned earlier. I'll talk about that on another show this week. But, uh, you know, I've got thoughts on anything Heathers related. But... Anyway, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>